This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com. And the official Dallas Cowboys app. First down. Jason Whitlock is in the end zone. Intercepted. Sean Lee. Ah. Touchdown. Des Bryant. Now, your hosts, Mickey Spagnola, Brian Broaddus. Taylor Stern and Rob Phillips. Hello, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Talking Cowboys. Of course, always joined by the greatest Brian, Rob, Mickey here in the SWBC Mortgage Studio. We've got a good show today. We're going to look at some big picture things, kind of get a, a general sense of what's really going on in the NFL after kind of a crazy weekend and different games that were wild and people weren't expecting. So, yeah. how's everyone doing today? As always, ready to roll. Doing great. Taking a little bit of a deep breath, as the Cowboys are, trying to get their legs underneath them today. Yeah. yeah. They had kind of they'd released a couple of media schedules right after the game, and then, of course, yesterday afternoon, changed it up a bit, and the team will not practice today. They will have an open locker room, but they're not going to practice. Come in for a later meeting. That's what Garrett said. Kind of get back to what they know and what they do. But people were asking, and I want to know what you guys think. They were thinking that this is – Becoming a little bit of a disadvantage for the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, they're coming off a short week game on Monday night. The Rams are coming off a longer week with having the game last Thursday night. How much does that really factor in to your preparation for the game? I I think maybe from not so much from a preparation standpoint because you've seen you've seen the Rams. They played Thursday, so you you know you've got people on your staff that could get a head start on that. Uh, maybe just from a rest and recuperation standpoint, it is a short week. And by the way, I mean, I don't want to look past the Rams, and I'm not, but the Packers next. Same way. That, yeah. Same way. They play this Thursday night, yeah, so they'll the have Bears. a few extra days off. So it's not ideal for their schedule for sure. Yeah, it it's not fair. Mm-hmm. Let, let's just say it. You, you had to play on the other coast uh, on a Monday night. Mm-hmm. No one got to bed before 4.35 in the morning on Tuesday. On Tuesday. You're normally having two days off between, yeah, <laughs> between uh, uh, games before you get back to practice. So you're going to have one less day of practice. They'll have a walkthrough at four o'clock. Uh, that's like a meeting on the field, basically. And then you get one. They probably won't even put the pads on this week. No, they'll save a padded practice for sure. Later, it's, right? It sure. kind of feels like a Thanksgiving week in a way. It sort of does, yeah. Strange. And you, you have a noon game too, and a lot of people are excited about that, I know, because it's right there early in the day, but that kind of cuts your time, too. Mm-hmm. You know, they were talking about it. I was hearing some players talk about it. They're like, noon games are great, but you have to get up so early. Well, think know. about it. If, if you're if you're like, if you were on the road, say, and you were on the early bus like we normally go, mm-hmm. get there three hours before the game, that means you're getting to the stadium at 9 o'clock in the morning. You know, so that means you're up at 7, probably, you're at the hotel, right? They yeah, spend the night at the hotel. Right. So, you know, you're up at 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning, leaving by 8. Yeah, it's an early game for the Rams, though, too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It's 10 a.m. for them, you know. and they're but uh, Time zone-wise. Yeah, the, the one advantage. At least they're traveling. They're not in yeah, St. Louis yeah. anymore, right? The, the, the one advantage that the Cowboys do have is the fact that they, and I, I myself, I was able to look at three of their games before – Sunday, right? So you know that that's for for guys like you know for uh, for Steve Brown and Turner West, the assistant coaches that have to do the weekly breakdowns. They had everything ready to go. And matter of fact, I, I guarantee you, Monday they were already in prep of okay, what do we need to do for 
you know, for that Rams game, for, you know, have, you know having game plan stuff ready, you know, the coaches. So when they hit the ground running Tuesday, you know, it was a little bit easier transition for them. They had all their stuff already done. So it wasn't like they had to work on two different things. You know, the game for the Rams, it, yeah, I, I, me personally, I would love the NFL to take away the Thursday night game, me personally. All together. All together. And I'm okay with two Monday night games. If that's what you want to do, if you want to have an earlier Monday night game and a later Monday night game instead of a Thursday game, you know, I think that would, I think that would help teams. I don't, I, playing Thursday is not fun for anybody. You know, and it's surely not, you know, for the health of the players. The league has made it to where it's all now about divisional games. We don't see any games. And the divisional games are great. You know, Giants versus Cowboys, Giants versus Redskins are all great. But to me, you know, I, I, I would rather them have just two Monday night games mm -hmm. than I would make teams have to play on Thursdays. Feel more comfortable if it was something like, "Hey, the Cowboys are so traditionally known for playing on Thursday of Thanksgiving. That's a that's tradition. That's your one Thursday that, that's game. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think. You know, it, and, and maybe you add to that day. You just no, yeah. they already have. I yeah, know they, they have, have, but they've only added. And then the Cowboys, more. yeah, but the Cowboys, they make them play now. That the the advantage they might have had on the Thursday game now is you turn around and play again the following Thursday. You got to wait a week before yeah. you get the yeah. advantage. Yeah, you don't you don't get that. So. It's 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 going to be tough, you know. The Rams, yeah, they, they you know and the Rams had a nice victory. You know, they're coming off a nice game against the 49ers. They're feeling good about the program, you know. But they've got some of the same challenges. I mean, their coaches didn't get to prep on the Cowboys until Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they're they're behind today on their prep. How was, much do you think the Cowboys threw in a few plays in that game to give them something extra to practice against? Oh yeah. Like, uh, the, 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 like Switzer at well, running yeah. back. Oh no, absolutely. And we talked about Des that. Bryant in motion. That's the great thing about our show. That's the great thing. We'll talk about. We'll tell you. That, hey, we we think they might do this and that, and you know. So you know, it, it is. It, it the the advantage that the Cowboys have. Like I said, it, yeah. It, physically, it's not an advantage right now. But prep wise, they do have an advantage. And you know, and these coaches, they do a really good job. You know, we we only get to go out there for part of the practice. But when you start talking about putting in goal line packages, start putting in short yardage packages, you know, they, they, Jason Garrett and them do a good job of managing the plays and making sure, okay, this is what we've seen from the Rams. This is what we need to do, you know, and all that. And But physically it allows them to, to heal a little bit. I think that's the thing that's the most important is try and find a way to let them heal a little bit more. This is a team that landed at 4 o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. yesterday. So they need to get, their, get off their feet a little bit. I, to Brian's point – the Cowboys were at a bigger disadvantage week two against Denver because yes. Denver played Monday night and they only had one game of tape to really go off of before that game was played. So yeah, it's about it's about well, getting getting healthy and getting rested. Denver's a team though that you traditionally don't play a bunch. Mm -hmm. So that goes back to what Jason Garrett always yeah Jason Garrett always talks about in the summertime. Coaches sit around and say, okay, what things do we need to work on? Okay, we don't play the Broncos very much. We don't play the Chiefs very much. We don't play. Uh, you know, this whole AFC, AFC, West. AFC West. So you work on those teams to kind of get a little bit of a jump, and then it allows you to, to get into your prep work when you have a week like they have right now. Yeah, I've heard them talk about how they prepare for these crazy kind of week scenarios oh, sure. way in advance. Yeah. Way in advance, which I think is smart. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Yesterday I heard Coach Garrett say that, you know, he was going to see what Jordan Lewis and Sean Lee could do with the little tweaked hamstrings going into this week. Now they have an extra day to kind of rest that, not agitated anymore. But do you think that will help them, or will they not have enough practice to kind of get back together? 
where does that play out for them? Well, Lewis is one definitely keep an eye on because I think Sean is more in position of as a veteran guy, short week, ready to go if his body's right. And it sounded like he was feeling better coming off of the game. Lewis, I wonder about a little bit because he's had this before. Yeah, he's had it before. Young guy, he's played a couple games now, man, and you've got corners that are banged up already. So that's a position to watch this week for sure. I don't think either one of them would have practiced today anyway. So from that standpoint, it probably doesn't matter. If they were banged up, you would say, okay, take Wednesday off. Let's get back on Thursday or let's get back on Friday. So from that standpoint, I don't think that affects it, you know, one way or another. It'll be interesting to see just where those guys are when they do get back out there on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with Mickey on that all the way. I, I You know, to me, I don't think they would have practiced today. I, I do, and I, I like Rob's thought, though, about the young guy and, you know, with – with with Lewis, so he the whole really the whole training camp. I mean, he's really hit the ground running to to get back to where he is right now, or at least to give himself an opportunity. But you know, practice for him, obviously, you know, you, the week uh, one he didn't, or week two he didn't get a lot of practice in the Denver game. Kind of went out there and played. Week three, we saw him get practice. What did he do? Played much better. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where practice time makes a difference. Absolutely. Now, Demarcus Lawrence will be joining Sean Lee and David Irving in something the Cowboys haven't had in the last five seasons. They have now all been named Defensive Players of the Week. Obviously, David Irving last year with the performance against the Packers. Sean Lee, remind me when that one was. Was that against the Giants last year? He had one game where he had uh, – it's Giants or Eagles. It was one of those Giants games where he had Eagles. probably he had 17 tackles. tackles. Yeah, yeah, exactly, I mean, yeah. But yeah. DeMarcus Lawrence getting this one for his performance on Monday night against Arizona with the three sacks, leading the league in sacks, just being absolutely dominant, such a force out there. Mm-hmm. I think this was a well-deserved honor for him. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, you I mean, know, he's yeah. Sorry, no, real no. Quick, Brian. He is not only did he he make history with he's the third guy ever to have multiple sacks in the first three games of a season. He's tied for the eighth most sacks ever through the first three games of an NFL season. That's ridiculous. And he should be. He should have eight right now. He should be tied for the most ever. Uh, if you take eight's away the record, eight's the record. Mark Gasano in 1984. Pretty pretty exclusive company. Tells you about the start he's had. Well, your it, sack exchange. You know what? It's not just the sacks either. I mean, it's quarterback, it's, it's the quarterback hits, the, the hurries, yeah, tackles for losses, right. just affecting the pocket almost every time he rushes. I mean, he's almost been unblockable, and he's played the run well. Those yes. tackles for losses are significant. Been a complete player. That's what you want him from your defensive end. You want that guy that you know you, you don't want to, as they would say, a one trick pony. You want a guy that can can, can play the run can, and and be that. Uh, you know, he he's always been that guy though that can. You've seen him though on that left side be able to play the run. Now you see him have some success rushing the pass, or at least being more consistent uh, doing that. You know, winning off the line and Rob brought it up yesterday the health the you know the conditioning all that I I think is is made uh, paid dividends for him in a big way now do you have a clone for the other side well I was just gonna say did you guys know who led the team don't look at anything just tell me who you think it was if you know it you're smart guy who led the team in sacks last year Benson Mayo with six. With yeah. six. And he had four and a half of those or four of them in, Last de- in December. Games. Yeah, December. Was it three yeah. games they sat him down? Yeah. yeah. And then games. he came back and yeah, got December those Yeah, one, December 1 was when he started – the Minnesota game was when he started back and – his, his month of December was incredible. As a matter of fact, two of the last three leaders in sacks had six. 
Jeremy Mincy led the team in uh. 2014 with six. Some guy named Demarcus Lawrence led the next year with eight. Yeah. And then Mayoa with six. So they haven't had double-digit sacks since it's amazing. Hatcher. This right? team has yeah. such a great history of I know. pass rushers. And to have just eight and six sacks, I tell you. But, you know, they went from 96 yeah. through 2006, yeah. seven before they had somebody with double-digit sacks. Yeah. They went or, from Tony. Trust me, Tol- I was yeah, I was Tony Tolbert. To <laughs> yeah, you I guess remember? It, I remember. Well, it I remember. Been no, where? I couldn't find you a quarterback, Mickey, and I couldn't find you a defensive end. It would have yeah. been where his yeah. second year, right? Yeah. War daddies, they're hard to find. What about war the, daddies? I don't mean to they take. What about the first round? Glover? Did Glover do anything? Sac- Not from a sack standpoint, but he was a Pro Bowl. But player. he was a Pro Bowl player right. all four years. Yeah. Who a, yeah. I still think is the best free agent signing they've ever had. But it's just amazing to me when I heard that stat. Obviously, I remember it at the end of last season. But it just seemed like I never thought that was an issue. I mean, I'm sure in certain games it was like, hey, get the quarterback down. Eli Manning, down. Ben Roethlisberger, down. You know, but David Irving was so dominant against the Packers in the regular season game. Right. there were other big performances from defensive guys kind of at random times. So maybe it was more spread evenly. I don't think it was spread even. Well, I, I think Tyrone Crawford had a few. But yeah. they needed they needed more. That was their biggest problem the last two years. Not yeah. enough sacks. Well, and as I've, a team, I've spoken to this before. You just mentioned they spent a high draft pick on Randy Gregory. They tried the Greg Hardy experiment. So you have to draft and you have to take chances to try to find these guys because Stephen Jones has spoken to this before. If you've got a war daddy pass rusher, he's not going anywhere. You're either going to franchise him or you're going to sign him long term. So. It's been an issue. Now, they drafted Lawrence and traded up for him in the second round to be this kind of guy. And if he's healthy, we're starting to see an elite pass rusher potentially. Mickey, why, why do you think he – is it the health and the conditioning? What, what, what's, in your opinion, kept him from well, being the guy that the, we're seeing right let's, now? Let, let's think about his career. Yeah. His rookie year, he broke a fifth metatarsal his in his foot. foot. right. And he <laughs> missed the first seven games. Right. So by the time he got back out there, missed basically Playoffs, all of yeah, training yeah. camp, you know, and then all of a sudden that last game of the season in the playoff game, right. like, oh, that's DeMarcus Oh, that's him, Lawrence. yeah. The next year, so that was 2014, 2015, the back went out on him. Right. Right, and he started missing practice. He still had eight sacks, and so you're sitting there going, okay, this guy's – he, he's on the move. Right. And then he has off-season back surgery. I think he came back too soon. He also got suspended the first four games of 2016. Heard him for sure. Right? And, 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 and then right away, the back issue cropped up, and he probably should have had the surgery in October sometime. Mm-hmm. And he tried to play through it. Missed yeah. the last three games of the season. Right. They tried to save him for the playoffs. Right. He told us, Tay, you know, he – I think his quote was, it's not time to – I don't want to run and hide under the covers. Mm-hmm. He felt like he owed it to the team after being suspended for a yeah. month, like Mickey said. And, he, yeah, he could have easily had that surgery last fall. This is probably a terrible question and an off-season question. No, but, no, no. But when you're talking about the back and long-term signing or signability, give you pause? It would give me franchise pause. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, okay, this is one year, you're healthy. Right. Do I need to see it again before I give you a five-year, seventy million dollar contract? Kind of like they did with the with the uh, who's my guy? God, I hate when I forget guys from Purdue that the first round pick that uh, Spencer Spencer. Yeah, 
Yeah. Spencer, they back-to-back franchised him. Remember, he made like $21 million basically for one year. And Spencer was funny because guys don't typically don't like being franchised, but he was like, yeah, he hey, told, yeah. free $10 million bucks? Okay. Yeah. He's, he's I'll signed, go for it. He signed it like the next day every year. But he played. He played the one year, and then he got hurt. Yeah. The knee never came back. And so – that, but that's the that's the that's the pitfall sometimes of when you seem to talk about wanting to see a guy do it one mm-hmm. more year. Didn't they do that with an offensive tackle? Well, the Flozell Adams. Flozell. Yeah, right? yeah. They franchised him. Let's do it one more year. And then they, I think they, yeah. and then they gave him the long term deal. Right. So sometimes you got to take a look see. I think the look see would be worth seventeen million for. For uh, Lawrence, is that what it is? If we're getting ahead of ourselves, that, that's what. It no, I, I know it's off-season talk. But that was I didn't know that no, was I the think, numbers. I think it goes into play because if this does continue and he's acting like this, you're yeah. gonna have to look at different things. I mean, Rob just told you they spent a high draft pick on a defensive end this season. Who, of course, we've talked at yeah. length about sure. that. Hey, you can't expect him to go out there and be Demarcus Lawrence right away. He's yeah. got a little bit of developing to do. So there's a lot at play. I don't think that it's unfair to talk about because, hey, maybe Demarcus Lawrence slows down. Maybe he continues at this pace. We'll have to see. I hope you guys are more right about him than me. Yeah. Because I, I was, I was kind of the, I was kind of, I had the foot in the parking lot on, yeah, twelve sacks. And I think everybody else took a little bit more aggressive approach. Well, I, I think did. it would be good. No, and, 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 and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that was your poll. Yeah, from what from what you guys have seen, I don't blame you. Well, I don't hard. blame everybody for stepping up and saying, "No, Brian, hey, no, fifteen sacks, sixteen sacks." Am I wrong for assuming he's going to get double digits? Is oh, I don't. Too early he's on to pace start. for it. I, I should, pace might for, be next game. He I should was, be able to fall into three and a half. Well, that's that's half. why I started with twelve. But I mean, twenty three. Okay. I mean, we're having a little fun here at this point. But well, well, let's have more fun when we take this first break here in the SWBC Mortgage Studio. You guys can call us. The number is two one four eight seven two twenty one zero two. We'll be right back. We, the entertainment-loving people, demand the best unlimited wireless plan ever from AT&T. What else do you want, a unicorn? Maybe. Only AT&T offers you unlimited data with HBO included and never pay overages. Get AT&T Unlimited Plus, our best wireless deal on unlimited data. Plus, save $25 per month on DirecTV. It's entertainment your way. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Plan includes stream save and videos will stream in standard definition unless you turn it off. $25 DirecTV savings requires AT&T Unlimited Plus. Credit start within three bills. Service prices subject to change. Other usage, speed, fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See att.com slash unlimited for details. Hey, Cowboys fans. Did you know that over the next few years, more than a million service members will transition from military to civilian life? Veterans face unique challenges when they get out of the military, and Bank of America and the Dallas Cowboys are teaming up to help with financial education, career opportunities, and support of military nonprofits and organizations locally in North Texas and across the country. We're proud to support our troops and are deeply grateful for the dedication and sacrifice of our service members and veterans. Bank of America, official bank of the Dallas Cowboys, invites you to join us in our efforts to get involved by tagging game day photos on social media using hashtag TroopThanks, that's hashtag TroopThanks, and by learning more about our commitment to veterans at bankofamerica.com slash military support. Together, we can thank our troops in ways that make a real difference. Copyright 2016, Bank of America Corporation. It's bowling night with friends and you're hanging out together. You picked up a spare, but you're craving something better. A thirst runs deep inside, you don't know what to do. You crave a nice cold Dr. Pepper and a hero to save you. Grain Rider. You like the wave of Dr. Pepper when you're craving Dr. Pepper. Grain Rider. 
crave a Dr. Pepper. Nothing else will do. Pick up an ice-cold 20-ounce bottle today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com slash cowboy to find a retailer nearest you this is talking cowboys in football often the quickest plays mixed with some good old-fashioned ingenuity are the key to winning kind of like tommy john's horizontal quick draw fly it's the most intuitive simple and speedy feature that underwear brands just don't have other underwear brands shop exclusive cowboys underwear at tommyjohn.com forward slash cowboys it never gets old quick draw yeah there's it just makes you feel... You know what? There is something. It's comfortable underwear that makes you feel uncomfortable that you're about. Tommy John's horizontal quick draw fly. Horizontal. Yeah. See, it's not vertical. Yeah. It's just an interesting, interesting <laughs> way they decide to do that. And there are t-shirts and socks available. <laughs> as well. As well. And you can get them for anyone. No discrimination here, but that is just... Beautifully it done. is it, Again, copywriters, I, man. I, I did a, I did one of those reads when Nate and I were doing two for the road, mm-hmm. and I and I hadn't and read, you were, I hadn't read, read it before. I had read it before, and it was almost shocking when you were like I'm reading telling you. and I'm going, you know, nestled, and I'm going, what did I just say? Some of these you are incredible. Yeah, <laughs> but I'll, shop Tommy John, it's fantastic. Please do. Let's it make is. sure it's we get one every day now. Yeah, you got it. It is comfortable. Yeah, never forget that. Thank you, Rob. You got it. All right. Well, we got into it a little bit earlier in the show. Sean Lee dealing with a little bit of a hamstring tweak. Not exactly sure what he'll be able to do this week. Coach Garrett said, we'll see. Yeah. And, of course, they won't really get to the practice field until tomorrow. But with that, I was curious, and we'll get into more of the Rams talk, but let's just kind of cover this first. Will this defense be able to handle the Rams with Sean Lee maybe dealing with the hamstring, possibly not even playing? Hmm. It's a great question. Jared Goff kind of on a roll right now. Todd Gurley saying they're going to whoop up on the Cowboys. Yeah, it was kind of a joke. It was a joke to Michael Irvin. Yeah. I'm not trying to twist words. You were trying to start something between the Cowboys and the Rams. I'll I'll say this, Brian. I don't think so. I was just saying that (laughs) what he said. He was stirring things up. He was joking with Michael Irvin on Thursday Night Football after he had a solid performance. He did, and and he's an elite running back, and this is an offense that I don't think anybody expected to be this good, this efficient, this early in the season. Absolutely. So, you know, if you're talking about your leading, your defensive captain not being there, potentially that would be a concern, I would think, for sure. I I, Man, I I would hate to imagine this defense having to play without Sean Lee in any any game, but especially this game because – if we all you have to do is think about what the what the what the Redskins used to do to the Cowboys at least at least with Sean McVay as the you know offensive coordinator I think Jay Gruden called the plays but you talk about the creativity that the Rams or the Redskins had and the way they were able to move the ball against the Cowboys and they've got weapons I mean we'll get into this I mean they got a quarterback that is is playing very, yeah yeah he's finding some he's finding some finding himself a little bit they're running the ball with Gurley their offensive line is is a much better unit uh yeah I I and I think McVay's creativity hurts hurts defenses and without Sean Lee nothing against the other linebackers Jalen Smith and what they've done 
But Sean Lee's instinctive ability to make plays can get you off the field, and I worry about that. I mean, it was, like I say, we've, we've seen what McVay was able to do with the Redskins. They put up a ton of yards, you know, against the Cowboys the last couple of years. And, it, and watching the tape, it's very similar. It's just guys in blue and white uniforms now. This is one instance where next man up doesn't – Doesn't apply. Doesn't apply. <laughs> That's well said. That is well said. Forget about you it. You can't really And what you want is for Sean Lee to have his helmet on speaking to Jalen Smith – yeah. The entire play. That would work. A little earbud thing. Go we're to not, the Tony Dungy. Uh, is it a Tony Dungy commercial where he's talking to the guy on the date? They both got helmets on. Yeah. That's what they would need. They would miss <laughs> that dearly. Uh, that is, that's well said because you think, you say, so you think about the Redskins, I mean, the Rams are on a roll. They really are offensively on a roll. And, and you, I would never have believed coming into the season, it was always going to be about, Wade Phillips in this defense. Look at this defense. Look at this. There are three, four defense. Mm -hmm. The defense has been a little bit, you know, there's been some struggles there for them. Shakier for them. So, yeah, but yeah. the offense is the one that's kind of elevated their game. I mean, what's wrong with this picture? The Cowboys have the 19th ranked offense. The Rams have the 7th ranked offense. Whew. The Rams have the 22nd ranked defense. And the Cowboys have the 10th ranked defense. There you go little different than people would have yeah. expected. Going now, they also got to play the Colts and the 49ers. The Colts, we've all realized. Teams that are struggling. Maybe the worst roster in football. I'll say that. Yeah, and especially when you don't have your quarterback or your center. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it's right. it bad. When you, when you look at and, – and they did. They, they mauled them. There's no doubt. They mauled them. I thought the games against the Redskins, though, and the 49ers. The 49ers were able to get some traction, though. And, you know, I mean, their, they scored 39 Yeah, points. it was it was a back and forth. I, 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 you know, with Sean Lee out of the lineup, maybe it's going to have to be where you have to, to, to play that way. Yeah. When and Anthony, you fast-track Hitchens? Well, that's what I was just going to get into. I don't Anthony know if he's Hitchens ready this kind of week. getting ready. It is a short week. Granted, short week doesn't necessarily apply to him since he's been resting and recovering. No, but he hadn't practiced. It yeah. does apply. That, that's what I'm saying. Well, as far as his rest or anything like that. Yeah, well, maybe next week for him. And I think they're going to look at Green that Bay. Bye. Yeah. I, 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 maybe like Green that. Bay. Yeah, I was maybe thinking that bye and you're ready for San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, he's a tough guy, but no Sean Lee in this in this one would be, uh, boy, that would be tough. That, that that would be tough. We're I mean, not saying this will happen for anyone listening. Right, but, it, but you talking got, about the situation. We do talk about situations on the show. We Absolutely, sure, we sure do. Well, you know, Mickey just gave gave a great stat. The offense is off to a slow start, and a lot of people are wondering why is that. Why have these games been a little bit more difficult for them? We saw in the first quarter this Monday night, just seemed like they couldn't get it going. Where's the slow start coming from? Some of it, I think you have to give credit to the and what Denver was able to do and what Arizona was able to do early is just keep them off the field. And I asked Jason yesterday, can you recall a time where you had that much disparity in plays where you ran three offensive plays in the first quarter and you're staring near halftime and you got six? And the key, especially with a young offense, you got a young quarterback, young running back, is not to press and not get frustrated. And I think maybe Zeke got a little frustrated in the Denver game, and they did a better job of just kind of staying with it. And eventually it took over in terms of wearing down the defense and getting a rhythm in the running game. But it took some time, no question about it. Well, the problem is you had a three and out, and yeah. the defense couldn't get off the field. Yeah. So that complicated a slow start. Uh, you know – you, you run the ball 
for basically nothing. You throw an incompletion, and then you throw. I mean, it was the exact same start they had at Denver, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it was. It was deja vu, really. And it was the third down pass to Witten that wasn't a first down. Right. And then you punt, and it's like then you get the ball back forever. Yeah. So, and then the next time you have the same thing, three and out. You can't have three and outs like that early and think, oh, okay, everything's going to come around. Well, if your defense can't get off the field, you're in trouble. They had six plays. They had four yards. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it has to do, and, and maybe take it a little bit deeper than what Mickey is talking about, is first downs. You know, this team has not done a good, very good job. I mean, how many times in that game the other night where it was second and nine, second and ten, you know, and they just really couldn't get anything going. And it wasn't from a lack of trying. It really, I mean, they're trying to do things scheme-wise uh, to get some get it going a little bit, but they just haven't been able to have those plays. The second half, they finally started making some plays in the passing game, and then it all it, and it opened up some things in the running game. All of a sudden, Arizona was having to deal with okay, dealing with Williams. They dealt with the Des Bryant. They're having to deal with Butler down the field. You know, they're having to deal with a little bit more of that. And then now, okay, here things go with the running game. When they have the balance, like the guys were talking about. It's 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 a it's a pretty thing to watch because they can control ten play drives, five minute drives. They do that, and that helps that defense. But the slow start, I think, has a lot to do with how their inability to really get anything going on first down. Would you guys have believed me if I would have told you, hey, Ezekiel Elliott won't get his first rushing touchdown until week three? If I had told you that <laughs> going into that, you know, when yeah. last year yeah. against the Giants in week one, he scored his first one, first one as an NFL player. And now, you know, we even – the first rushing touchdown came from Dak Prescott, of course, followed up by Ezekiel Elliott later in the game. But I, w- I was surprised. I would, I, would, yeah. I would have said, was he eligible to play? Was yeah. he, did he serve as He already got suspended. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what yeah. was going on there? So it's just funny to me, you know, we're talking about these long first and nine, first For, and stuff. Yeah. That wasn't there yeah. last year. And simply yeah. a lot of it was because you'd have a big run or a big boost on that first or second play. Yeah, that it, you were. Like, I've always kind of talked about this. And I love to dive into numbers. Not that I'm an analytics guy, but I love to dive into numbers when it comes to talking about what you do on down and distance, mm-hmm. yeah. what you do on first down. Does that set you up for second down? You know, the Cowboys, one of the best in the league last year, but converting, taking second down opportunities and making them first down. Mm-hmm. So then you don't get into a lot of third and bad situations. You're moving. You're moving the ball, and you're, yeah. and you're finishing drives. There was a stat on ESPN, and it grew as the game went on. I, I think by the end of the game, they were, they were in a position where it was the last third and 10 or longer, the last 12 of those, they were 0 for 12, and, and dating back to – previous game or two so just way too many times Dak's in a situation where what do you call what do you call it third down to get him in a position to get a first down and move the chains and it just a lot of that is yeah again struggling on first and second down yeah well what we call is fans and we have fans calling in right now number 214-872-2102 we have Nolan from California on the line Nolan what's your question hey what's up guys thanks for taking my call I know they've been uh, dropping uh, Xavier Woods down in the slot. Yeah. Now, what do you guys think about bringing Byron Jones up to the slot and letting Woods and Heath take the backfield? And then I had another, you know, question. I know Jason Witten didn't get many catches last game, and I know the first two games he was on fire. Was he just not open, or do you think they were kind of, you know, trying to tone him down a little bit just because he is in his 15th year and, you know, he can't be our number one guy the whole season. So thanks for taking my call, and you guys do a great job. Appreciate it. 
Thanks, Nolan. I think I would ask you to be the one to ever tell Jason Witten to tone <laughs> down a little bit. <laughs> no. I don't think even when he's in his 25th year, if that ever would be possible, that he would tone down. I think it was just the play calling yeah, we they, were just they, talking about. Yeah, they didn't run a lot of offensive plays. You know, 45 plays basically is what it came down to. And the distribution, you know, when they were having to, to throw the football, there were times where Witten, you know, he was – not as open as he normally is, you know. I mean, he he tried to escape a couple of different ways, and sometimes, you know, you cover him that way, you get a matchup that's pretty favorable for the other team. And, you know, Witt was, uh, like I say, when you don't run a lot of plays, ball didn't come your direction. They, they hit on some, obviously, some big plays down the field with Bryce Butler, with Williams, you know, with Dez on the, on the shallow cross. Cole Beasley, hey, his one play was huge. And, yeah, you're not going to have many games where Jason Witten's catching one for four yards or three yards. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays. Uh, this time around with the Rams, they've got a couple of good safeties that can that can do some things in coverage. But you know the the thing, his question about Byron Jones well, about Woods, yeah, that, that's that's the way when they were playing the dime when they played dime package though, and and Heath was out though, they were playing with Woods and playing uh you know well excuse me with, when he was in the game they had they had Woods and Heath playing as the safeties and they put Byron Jones down in the slot. Mickey talks about that quite a bit. They're, they're, the, the Cowboys' answer in dime package is to bring Byron Jones down. Was that the last pass breakup in the end zone? Was he covering the tight end? He was covering spot? the tight end. Yeah, and they yeah, had so. they had uh, they had it across. So yeah, he when they went to that when they went to that that they called Deacon, which is like that three man line. They they used Jones down and that Woods was playing back. Woods they feel like Woods is a better cover man than Kayvon Frazier. That's why I think you're going to see more. Of that, and then when when Heath went down to get to the package, it was Frazier and Woods with Byron Jones down. So they were rolling those safeties through last week, but uh, the, the main plan is to keep Jones down and let him play in the slot, whether it's on the tight end or uh, as on a receiver. Mm-hmm. Nicky's doing some research over here. Um, no, I was just looking. You know, the Cowboys last. Two year, well, last couple of years were very good on third down. Yes, they were. They're 23rd this year. They're mm-hmm. converting at 34 point whatever. Right. A lot of that has to do with what was going on on first down. Yep. They're getting into way. If you don't do something on first down, third down becomes much more difficult, and that is just so out of character that their third down conversion rate is 23rd in the National Football League. They're doing – they're getting – what's happening to them is what normally they put – pressure on other teams in terms of we're going to limit your plays offensively. We're going to hold on to the ball. They're not getting – Dak had 13 completions in the game, 18 attempts. That, I mean, everybody's numbers were down. And I do think they're – mentioned Witten. They're, they're keying on Cole Beasley a little bit too because he's, he's a guy that is kind of Dak's safety blanket at times. Does this come down to the offensive line play? We've talked on, on a lot about down, yeah. the offensive line missing those big blocks. Unfortunately, you know, not having enough open lanes for Zeke or getting some of that open p- space for Dak. Yeah, Mickey was saying that. Yesterday. Well, and we talked about the offensive line going into this year. Obviously, now Chaz Green and Lyle Collins are there. They're in place. But is there still some little bit of cadence issues, or what is it? I, I just want to know from you guys. Is there something to put the blame on the offensive line, or have they been good as usual? No, they have not been as good as usual. No, they had that 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 part. And go ahead, Mickey. I'm I mean, this that's just flat out. Uh, <clears throat> you see signs, I think, from Lael Collins at right tackle. You yeah. see signs from Jazz Green, but it hasn't been consistent enough. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that doesn't matter. You have three Pro Bowl guys there. You know, it, it'd be like the Cowboy cheerleaders going out there to do their kick line. You know, and, and if, two, matter if you have, two or three of them yeah. are off, they're going to pull everybody else down. Right. Oh, I don't care if you have 30 out there. Look at analogy. How about that? No, no, I no, like it. Good. It makes what sense. What happens when you judge those yeah, contests? Yeah, that, yeah, about six hours of work. You and I did that CMT, one Saturday for 30 minutes, for 30 seconds of work. Of 30 seconds of fame. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey's right, though, and, and it goes to Rob's point. We were talking about the 10 play drives, something I always like to look at. You know, that's ball control stuff. They didn't have one in this last no, game, they're, right? They're 25th in the league. And they've only had three of ten play drives this season so far. Plays of ten yards. How many times have we thought about that their ability to run the football, make big plays, you know, and that kind of stuff. Plays of ten yards or more. Mm-hmm. They're twenty fifth in the league. They've only had thirty one of those. So I mean, they, they've they've had some things that they were really really good at. Mm-hmm. Rushing plays. How about this? Rushing plays of ten plus yards. That was something that was kind of a staple of their offense last year. Twenty first in the league right now. So. You know, you're you're getting some situations where they're 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 doing some things, and 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 it could be you know you look at the offensive line, but I think we've been pretty fair about it. The line, the tight ends, uh, you know, there's there's been some guys that where where I think some things have happened is, it, it we last year we just grew so accustomed to watching Zeke make somebody miss right off the jump. If if it's one of, okay, they have one more guy than you have to block. And we've seen Ezekiel Elliott win that win against that one guy, and then it's a six-yard gain. You know, we've seen that. that. That was last year. I don't think we've seen it as much this year. You know, when if there was a breakdown last year, we saw where all said, oh, Zeke can make that guy miss, and then, okay, it's still a four-yard gain. That, that's where yeah. I think some of, the, some of the issues, we haven't seen him have that ability to make. You know, he made Tyron Matthew miss the other day, and what happened? It was a 30-yard gain. Could have been more. Every, yeah, it could have been more. Because, but everything was blocked. Everything was blocked. Everything, every guy they had accounted for, they got their guy, they got hats on hats. But then all of a sudden, what did he do? He made a guy miss in the hole, and now it's a it's a huge play. So once we start seeing Zeke make guys miss that are, aren't accounted for, or there's some type of leakage or a missed block. You know, you're you're probably gonna probably gonna be a, a little bit problematic moving the football. There's no question. We keep saying it. The runner matters. I mean, what he did last year, it's essentially the same offensive line as 2015. But the number of explosive plays running the ball and the number of touchdowns they had running the ball were enormously greater yeah. than 2015. So yeah, I mean, he gets as much credit as anybody for the running game because he does make guys miss more than others. They had yeah. one drive against Arizona for seven plays. That was the longest. Yeah. Seven plays. And they didn't even score on that. And and, and so they're not sustaining drives because they're not yeah. converting on third down. Absolutely. Well let's convert to our third segment here on Talking Cowboys. We're gonna take our final break and we'll be right back. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, demand the best unlimited wireless plan ever from AT&T. What else do you want, a unicorn? 
Maybe. Only AT&T offers you unlimited data with HBO included and never pay overages. Get AT&T Unlimited Plus, our best wireless deal on unlimited data. Plus save $25 per month on DirecTV. It's entertainment your way. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Plan includes stream saver and videos will stream in standard definition unless you turn it off. $25 DirecTV savings requires AT&T Unlimited Plus. Credit start within three bills. Service prices subject to change. Other usage, speed, fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See att.com slash unlimited for details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. This is Talking Cowboys. You want to hear about Papa John's pizza? Yes. Let's turn it over to Rob. (laughs) You got the liner, my man. Because he knows those ingredients are so good. Horizontal? Vertical. Those veggies, (laughs) they nestle right up in the mozzarella (laughs) cheese, right? Nice word. Just right there. There we go. 100% pork and beef. When you have ingredients like that, it's Papa John's pizza. It's so good. Good stuff. Papa John's pizza. Nestles right up in that mozzarella. All right. You've been practicing that one. (laughs) Now, Mickey asked a question earlier. We were talking about Demarcus Lawrence getting NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Right. Okay, so the left side is figured out. What about the right side? Do you keep Tyrone Crawford there? How do you manage that? How do you get more production from that side? I mean, Brian just told you this Rams offensive line is a better unit than they've seen. So you're going to need to have full production on both sides. Yeah. You got a spot? You got anybody you want to play over there on the right side? Are you okay with Lord? Marcus Ware? I'm more aware, not, oh, yeah. yeah. We'll exactly. just call yeah. D-Ware out of yeah. retirement really quickly. I, I mean, will you, say you having, got what you got. having Crawford in the game helps your run defense. I like you know, that. Put, now, on the right side, you think typically a guy who's going forward, War Daddy. quarterback. War Daddy. Yeah. He did get a sack. Yeah. He did. And That's a pressure, too. I will say setting the edge, the rushing defense, and, you know, the Arizona struggled, but 2.3 yards a carry, they did a nice job that way. Do you need another pass rusher, consistent guy out there? Yeah, I thought Crawford did some good things, though. And they, that Deacon package, that three-man line. You're a big fan. It's it's working for them. And and I, you did a nice job explaining it yesterday. It it's, creates some coverage problems. It does. For, for the other team. Yeah, so. Well, the other thing it creates problems is you got the two linebackers that are in the gaps. Waiting. And they're sitting there going, yeah. okay, is this guy coming or is exactly. it Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it gives the quarterback a little extra pause. Something to think about. A little more time. Because it may be a three-man line, but it could be a five-man rush. Right. Yeah. Before we get to Rob's amazing poll, we got to get to our dear friend, friend of the show, Philippe from France. Hi, guys. How you doing? Doing good. good. Well. Okay, I have a sunny hello from Bourgogne, from, from Bourgogne France. I watched this morning on replay uh, yesterday's show after my night on duty. Uh, I don't know as much as you all know about football, but please don't shoot hot bullets on uh, to Jalen Smith. Okay, he's not back on top of his thing on a physical standpoint, but I mean, uh, the guy is only three games into his pro career after a near career ending injury. And uh, anyone who played Mike, Be- uh, Mike Linebacker at any level of comp- competition or uh, in any kind of scheme knows how hard it is to have five-plus solo tackles week after week facing the pounding of all linemen coming at you. 
to take your head off. Uh, Monday night, he got seven and 24 on three game on a three-game stretch. Uh, do the math. He's on path for a hundred, uh, 120-plus tackles season. Uh, about next Sunday game, uh, never see a, uh, a sophomore slump. Watch uh, Rams quarterback Jared Goof on next Sunday. Yeah. Uh, my question is, after three games, what is your evaluation of a right tackle and a left guard? Uh, I feel like the online didn't gel yet. Thanks for taking Michael and uh, wish you a great day. Go Bonjour. Cowboys and go Tigers. Thank you. Tigers, Tigers. Tigers, Tigers. My Tigers need a lot more going than the other Tigers. Yeah. Yeah. Jared Goof is going to be a drop <laughs> from now on. I love that. Don't don't start trouble. The Rams will think we're making fun no, of No, no, not at all. Mickey I just love his accent. He's here to bust love, all rumors. I love the accent myself. Make sure I love you, it. Make sure I'm going to go to Le Mans one day. Uses his, his voice for it. You know what? I, 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 the gelling part, though, of the line. <clears throat> we kind of touched on that. Yeah, yeah. We, we got a little more into I, that. Let's get more into what he was saying about Jalen Smith. Yeah. Well, I, on the coach's uh, tape, he's got 30 tackles in yeah. three games. Woo! See that's that's good to yeah, me. Yeah, to me it. that's that's one hundred and sixty. And it's incredible the number. Uh, John Machota did a thing of the number of plays that guys have played so far for for the, through the first three games. Mm-hmm. I believe he's in the top five with defensive snaps. You know, so that, that's incredible within itself. It's so, Justin Durant. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know, it, we talk about this though too. Not no, really. no, Sean Lee. This it, it's going to be say, more. If we're just saying, if we're just, it's we're just putting it out there that hey, you know, keep an eye on this. But no, Sean Lee. Then it's going to have to be about Jalen Smith, you know, and and Todd Gurley. It's going to be a difficult matchup, you know, because they throw Gurley the ball in the flat. They they bring, you know, we've seen what they can do. McVay with his play calling. I mean, he can move the football. So uh, it's going to be on Jalen Smith. It's going to be on him, you know, having to cover. That's a concern of Mickey and mine's. I, 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 you know, that's something when you got a guy like Gurley running in the flat all the time, or circle routes or Texas routes, got to be able to cover him. Go to your poll. He played uh, 54 plays out of 75 yeah. this last game, and Durant uh, was actually in there for 32 plays. Yeah. So Deacon. played more. Deacon. Yep. All right, poll time, Tay. Poll time. Talked about the rookies earlier, a couple rookies in particular, DBs. Which rookie, guys, has impressed you the most in the first three games for Dallas? Four options. I know there's more. You could write in Noah Brown, Taco Charlton, Jordan Lewis, Ryan Switzer, or Xavier Woods? Ooh. I'm going to say that the fans said Jordan Lewis. They sure did. They did. 76%. And he's played, what, one fewer game than the yeah. other guys. But, yeah, he was out there. But he's had well, production. I mean, is well, he the only current interception right now? Or, no, I guess Anthony, Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown. He Brown had one. Tackled really well in the game, was physical. I, I, you could put Xavier Woods right up there, though, in terms of what he's being asked to do. For a guy that missed a lot of camp playing the slot. Yeah, you haven't heard his name called a lot, have you? So that means he's not screwing up. No. Right? I don't know wood, if he's made any yeah, he's highlight plays. Right. Um, they, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I'll give you a I'll highlight. Tell you who, I'll give you a highlight play made. How about how about with the with the Arizona driving to try and score a touchdown at the end of the game, and they throw, they throw yeah. the ball to the uh, Larry Fitzgerald in the flat. Oh, and he was so mad at himself because he could have picked that off a little yeah. bit, get yeah. a little bit better yeah. angle. Yeah, yeah. that was right a there. bunch formation. He came flying through there and, and kept Fitzgerald in bounce, which kept the clock going. So that was a nice play in that Although regard. from 
what you've seen so far, who gives you kind of the most excitement? Switzer. Yeah. I was going to – you know what I voted for? I voted for Switzer because I've been waiting for this team to get a punt returner and a little juice back there. And a, a, a guy, you know, a guy's fearless. The way crazy. Yeah. That one punt he caught running up full speed. Let me tell you what. He, with 11 guys running straight at you. You know, it, with, a, scary. With, an offense, with an offense struggling a little bit, and he's giving you, you know, he could give you field position. They're going to they're gonna start not punting it at him. Well, he he was he should be credited with the first touchdown, right? He yeah. set him up at the 33, I think yes. it was. Yeah. Yes. See, that's what I'm saying. He, I asked Garrett this question yesterday, and I wrote about it because I wasn't sure, but they, they his best punt return was with 10 men on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, he, 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 they, they set up the wall, and you know, Jeff Heath went off the field and thinking he was the 12th man for some reason. Not at A&M. Yeah. And he, he, they had ten guys, so that just shows you, with with, <laughs> or Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, they stole it. But the, it's but, ours. The, but the that, they're the twelve that, now. The excitement you get from him with the ball in hand, I think, is pretty impressive. Might have to give him number twelve instead of ten. Make him the twelfth man. Yeah. Nice. Hey, I like what you said though about Juice because I think Ryan Switzer is kind of that guy. He's almost a confidence guy. You know, you notice that if he feels like he has it, like in warmups, if you watch him in pregame warmups, he's hyped. Yeah, he's one of the Loves most hyped guys out there next to Des Bryant. Mm-hmm. He's just excited to go in there. And then I feel like, okay, he's probably watching this tape this week, saying, "Okay, I could do this more. I could yeah. do this more." Yeah, and it, the Rams are wasting time on this week having to prepare for him, no doubt, because. They don't know if he lines up in the slot. Oh, is he a receiver? Is yeah. he going to come back and and they're not empty anymore? He's a running yeah. back and they throw it to him, pitch Ca- it to Cowboys him. Cowboys are doing the same thing with Tavon Austin, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned confidence day. It is a. It's not a cockiness. The coaches love it about him, but he 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 prepares. He's you know he's trying to learn, but yeah, he's not afraid to get in there. And I, we haven't really seen him as a route runner yet. But he's a polished route runner too. Oh, he is. Well, I mean, when he got drafted, Beasley was talking about how excited he was to finally see slot receivers like his position getting drafted that high. I mean, fourth round is high for a guy like that. But what happened is he didn't. He he was almost in the same boat as Jordan Lewis. They didn't get any training camp. Yeah, remember the OTAs and the mini camps. So we were. Yeah, he got all that OTA. When we were all real tired and ready to go home at three o'clock, we 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 talked about him a little bit. But now and then. The training camp, you were ready for him to do some things. I, I still think that the, when you talk about the where what they can do with him, I think they're going to come up with even more creative stuff. I, I think that you're going to see that the, the Scott Linehan take advantage of him, just not on jet sweeps or things like that, but you're going to see screens. We're going to see tossing the ball to him, handing the ball to him, whatever they have to do to get the football in his hands. Heck, who knows? He may be able to catch a sweep, throw it. You know, you, you, those are the kinds of things you kind of set up. He's a different kind of runner than Beasley. Running back like. Yeah, Beasley's quick. Get down. Fast, and then he knows when it's over. Yep. This guy can, like, fake people out. He's got, like, moves when he sure. runs with the ball. Juking out. Juking. You like uh, that word? Do you guys know what Very Taco 1970s, calls Jordan yes. Lewis? No. He calls him the mirror. Because he watches everyone, and he is so good reading the plays. Yeah. It's very interesting. If you guys talk to Taco anytime soon, ask him about why they call teammates him the in Michigan. Yeah. yeah, it was all in Michigan, and yeah. you know, kind of interesting. Of course, Marquez White was the quilt. I yeah. thought that was an interesting <laughs> That's name. That's a good name. What a good but name. the mirror, the mirror showing up. 
because he's there. And I like what you said about how physical he was. I thought that was one of his best traits because he's a smaller guy. For a small guy, yeah. right. he'll yeah. step up and tackle. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's what a lot of people were worried they were going to miss with uh, J.J. Wilcox out. You know, somebody who was so physical, so able to just kind of beat the ball. I mean, we saw Brandon Carr get more physical like that last season. So right. I like – and I think that will develop with Jordan Lewis too. I mean, he's going to get in this weight room. So Deion Sanders talks to him <laughs> and says, man, you're knocking balls gotta down. Make business yeah, you got to make business You're knocking balls down, man. That's all they pay you for. Don't worry about that tackling stuff. Yeah, he won't let him he's do that. He's got a little um, vinegar in his veins. Yeah. A little anger. There's all, another term, but we'll keep it clean. All corners need that, right? That's right. And a short memory. All That's corners right. need that. So, Cole Beasley, how does he get back on track to kind of being Dak's guy, Dak's guy that's going to get 60, 70 receptions in a season? How does Cole Beasley get back on track? Is he off track? I feel like we haven't seen the Cole Beasley we saw last season. And maybe it's just different play schemes, different play calls, offensive line. You said, you know, they're looking after him way more than yeah, they ever is, have before. Is he getting bracketed more? Is he getting seen? Yeah, there were a couple of times where he was they, – they did cover him with two, especially on third down. I think teams realized that what – he could be a special player on third down. Yep. And so, yeah, you, he's going to always get a little bit more attention. You know, heck, slot player, slot player, uh, uh, cover guy playing outside, and you got a safety playing inside, and they're trying to – you know, keep him from running those routes and then even, you know, doing the, the pivot routes we talk about where he goes inside and comes back outside. So, yeah, I, they, this offense, again, there's so many little pieces to it. We talk about them running the football and how successful they can be at that and how it lets the offense go. But getting Cole Beasley involved, he's just that such a sure player on third down, you know, and if, if teams are taking that away from you, you know, some of the other guys are going to have to make plays. Like we said, Williams is going to have to make plays. Butler made a play. I mean, they're, they're going to have to do that if if teams are going to be committed to stopping the run, but then also trying to take Cole Beasley away on third down. So he he knows it. I mean, that's that comes with the as they say that comes with the comes with the dinner. You know, he's he's not going to probably have a lot of free access in these routes. But he likes that. I think he likes the challenge of it. Challenge. He does. Yeah, like, but he would rather the linebacker not be lurking around yeah, that, behind that's true. the, cor- yeah, the yeah. corner. That yeah, that's absolutely. Covering him. Yeah, and when you line. get into third and long, they, they can do that because right. they know you're not going to run the ball. Right. So that's that that's hurt him also from what he can do. If it's third and three, you know, the linebacker can't worry about Beasley. You right. know, he's got to worry about handing the ball to Zeke. Well, some of the other the other guys stepping up helps. Williams stepping up. Butler, you know, Witten, we talked about all that. They got more guys that can step up. Start making plays down the start, field. Start making, yeah. Start, start it out. Yeah. Hey, before we start wrapping up the show, I want to talk to you guys earlier in the pregame show on Monday night. A lot of confusion from fans of why Charles Tapper was the guy. Of course, you had to figure out what you were going to do. You had to have the enough corners, different guys like that out. Orlando Skandrick moving up, who was going to be the guy who was going to be inactive, and it was Charles Tapper. Do you think now, I mean, you just did your poll, and we talked about Taco Charlton not being there yet. Are they going to rotate Taco and Charles Tapper to be this inactive guy? Could you see that happening at all? I I think it could definitely be a week-to-week thing. Who's practicing best, you know? And and especially with Irving coming back, guys are going to have to compete in practice to earn that spot on game day. I, I absolutely think uh, nobody's guaranteed a spot as you move farther and farther down that 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 rotation. Do you worry about rotating? I mean, uh, off and on the uh, you know for a guy, do you, do you worry about that, or is that something you're just going to go ahead and accept? Because I'm kind of split on that. I I don't know 
how they'll treat it, but I'll tell you the history of the NFL. One's a first-round pick. And one's, one's a, a fourth-round pick. Right. Follow the money. Yeah. They're going to give him every sounds very Sounds very, uh, very uh, <laughs> shady. Follow the money. Considering we're watching coaches and athletic directors get fired right now. Well, they followed the money. Follow right? the money. But, yeah, I, so I'm interested. So if they err, yeah, they're going to err on keeping that first-round guy on the field to try to get him some more experience, I think. Yeah, but yeah. don't you feel like with Marinelli, like if, if you're playing better, he's going to play you. Yeah. Well, I think even now if you kick David Urban in, I think David Urban, they, they maybe think about him as a defensive tackle here more than they will defensive end but still still you got to you not, still get it's going to be yeah. a spot well they got to find a f- spot on the 53 and, gotta, then and, then, the and, then, and then figure the 46 exactly yeah. so much to talk about next week, <gasps> but so much to talk about tomorrow all yeah. on the show you know we told you normal time tomorrow or today confused yeah. it's a weird week yeah. but we will be back I told on. you there's no normal <laughs> there's no normal mickey you always Putting know you, mickey He's That's right. <laughs> yeah. Abnormal. 11:30 a.m. Central to Time do tomorrow. Muscles in your stomach. Join us then. What? This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?